0: Our epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. There is the one who is wise. Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? To bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise
1: you, O Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Greetings. Welcome, everyone, this morning. The season of Epiphany is the season where we celebrate Jesus revealing Himself as the Son of God and the Messiah. And in our lessons today, Jesus is revealing Himself as the Wisdom of God. It's beautifully portrayed for us in the Gospel reading from the Sermon on the Mount. Some like to give as a definition for wisdom, the art of living according to God's will. And that's exactly what the Sermon on the Mount portrays for us. But the art of living according to the will of God goes a little bit deeper into our need for repentance and forgiveness and faith. And that is all centered ultimately in the cross. And that is what Paul is speaking about in the second lesson that Chris read a moment ago, From 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'd like to go through that reading again. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles with me. If you're using one of our pew Bibles here, it is on page uh, 952. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Notice how Paul begins with this, the word of the cross. It's an interesting way for him to say this. Many other translations will say, this is the message or the teaching of the cross. Of course, when we hear that, we're thinking, of course, it's more than one word. But literally, Paul says, the word of the cross. Now, that can mean message or teaching, uh, just like we might say that the preacher has a word for us, right? But in this case, there's kind of a double meaning, and that is this. The actual word for cross, staron in Greek, was an impolite word ever to be brought up in any kind of normal conversation in the Roman and Greco world in Paul's day. We today don't appreciate, I'm sure, don't understand the transformation that Jesus caused to happen in this world where He took an instrument of utter, bloody, painful, horrible torture and transformed it into an icon of salvation. That's the word of the cross. It is folly to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For a moment, let's compare the difference between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of man, which I'm going to simply call foolishness. Wisdom from, uh, of God is above all from God. And so in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, we have one of the clearest passages about that. Solomon says, "...the fear..." of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not necessarily the study of all the ancient philosophers, although that can be helpful. It is the fear of the Lord looking to the Creator Himself. This is where wisdom comes. Foolishness, on the other hand, is the wisdom of man. Again, Proverbs 28, verse 26. Whoever trusts his own mind... Is a fool. In fact, in Greek, the word for that gives us the English word "idiot" is the same word as "self." So you're an idiot if all you do is focus on yourself and pay attention to your own self and to your own mind, and you don't listen to anybody else, and above all, you don't listen to God. Now the Corinthians were. Uh, bowled over really by the presence of this rabbi from from Israel, this apostle Paul. And it's amazing how large and prosperous and significant of a church uh, grew up out of this city of Corinth. What was it known for in its own day? It was known for wealth because of a huge canal that ran through the city and allowed ships from all over the world to come, it was known for its philosophy, definitely Corinth rivaled Athens as a center of Greek philosophy. Thirdly, Corinth was known for its massive prostitution business. And this is the city where one of the most vibrant Christian churches grew Paul himself was even a little surprised by this. And the Lord told him in the book of Acts that Paul, you should be bold. Preach the cross. For I, God said, I have many people in this city. They didn't know it, but they would be converted. They didn't know it, but they would realize the wisdom of the cross. This unmentionable word in polite conversation. The ugliness and the torture and the death and all the things that in this life we fear the most and we dread the most. These are the things that God would use to save us from those very same things. And to save us ultimately from the root of it all, the root of sin. Wisdom, as I said, is the art of living the way God intended us to live. And it is the knowledge that is leading us always to repentance and to faith in Christ. Because this is what the cross has done for us, granting us forgiveness. Verse 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. This is a quote from the prophet Isaiah, verse 29. And this is so often the case in the New Testament. When you see a quote, you have to understand that the, the person quoting that verse often is referring to other verses that might come before or after that particular verse. And that is definitely the case here. In, this is Isaiah 29.14, but if you go to 13, the Lord is warning them uh, that they are teaching for doctrines of God the commandments of men. Again, this is the wisdom of man rather than the wisdom of God. Again, verse 14, God says those who follow that wisdom will perish. Verse 15, the Lord warns Israel that they cannot hide their counsel, their secret thoughts from God. He knows everything. And finally, in verse 16, what He knows and what's really going on in the wisdom of man and the ultimate foolishness of the world is the denial of Him. In the last verse of this section, verse 16, Isaiah refers to God saying, How can you say to me, You did not make me. That is denying Him ultimately as their creator. That is folly and foolishness. And the folly and foolishness that we see so often in our own age today as well. Verse 20, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? That's an interesting phrase. This age. That's typical of man's philosophy. It's simply a a rolling uh, of of all sorts of ideas that are popping up that are popular in this age, and in the next age, it'll be some other philosophy, and then after that, another philosophy. But what God offers to us are the words of eternal wisdom. Paul says, "For since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified." Stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, there we'll pause for a moment. This is always the way the Bible describes how you become a Christian. Not anything you do, but what God does. How He calls you. Both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I was once talking to a philosophy major. He had given four years of his college life to the major of philosophy. And I honestly don't meet too many people like that. Uh, I mean, this is not the kind of major, like you're going to major in engineering or accounting or medicine or something like that, um, that you know, well, that will probably give me a prosperous job someday. I don't know what kind of prosperous jobs philosophy majors get. Uh, So I was just asking him, why did you decide to study philosophy? And then I asked Of all the philosophies that you study, which one did you find the most appealing or the most interesting? And he just looked at me and rolled his eyes and said, they're all just a bunch of S-H. You can spell the rest of that word yourself. He didn't realize any good in those. And later on, he went into finance and he did find a nice job. But it really didn't have too much to do with philosophy. Now this doesn't mean the study of philosophy is a bad thing at all. There's a good reason to study philosophy. Because even the ancient philosophers were right about some things. But the problem with their philosophy, as Paul points out, is it does not lead them back to God. It leads them to themselves and to their own frailty, their own sinfulness, and this is what will cause their destruction. People reject God for various reasons. Paul points out a couple here. Jews, he said in his day, seek signs. And there are many people like this as well today. They say, you know, I would believe in Jesus if God would put some words up on the moon that everybody could read or some other nonsense like that. The problem with those types of signs is there's no end to them. As soon as you get one, you'll want another. And another after that. And another after that. We have many signs already in the Bible for us. Miracles, especially the life of Jesus and His death and His resurrection. We don't need any more signs to believe. And Paul points out this endless chasing after wisdom of the Greeks. Again, the problem of never finding enough Because you're not looking for what you really need. And what you need is salvation. And salvation is forgiveness. Forgiveness of our sins in Christ. For consider now verse 26. Your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, again a quote from Jeremiah, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. That quote also is an important one. As Jeremiah warns, don't let the the wise man boast in his wisdom, or the rich man in his riches. But let him who boasts, boast that he knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight. We boast in the Lord because it is the Lord who can do great things. And we don't elbow ourselves into positions of power and authority and success and accomplishment in this world as though that's all there is to this life. But we rest in the arms of a loving and gracious God who lifts us up no matter where we come from, no matter what our earthly position and state may be in this life. Because when we let go of ourselves and stop trying to solve all problems and get ahead simply by ourselves, but as some people say, let God be God, then big things begin to happen. That's exactly what Paul is talking about. And the most important thing to happen that no human being can do for themselves is to take care of their sins. But God does so. And along with that, every other gift and every other blessing. As Paul said to the Romans, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things. This is the wisdom of God in Christ. Amen.